If you light a fire, and in front of you is a wall, and seemingly you assume that when I light the fire, I don't have to worry about the fire spreading, because there's a wall in front of you. So the Mishnah says, if the wall is four amas tall, now as we'll see in the Hemshech of the Gemara, it does not mean four amas tall off the ground. It means four amas taller than either the wood or the trees that are there, or the fire maybe, but definitely not the ground. The ground is not good enough. Assuming you were lighting some bushes or something on fire or some, uh, some hay, the wall has to be four amas taller than that for you to be considered potter. So, or if there was a Rosh Rabim area between you and the next field, let's say, and we'll see in the Gemara in a few minutes, that that means a 16 ama pathway, so a pathway of 16 amas wide, um, that, assumingly there's no kindling there or nothing there that would light on fire, it's a dirt road, therefore there's no reason for you to assume that the fire will get to the other side of the road, so then if it happens to, that's not going to be your responsibility. Or if there's a river, a river seemingly would be less than 16 amas wide, it's filled with water, or at least was filled with water, and we'll see in the Gemara how wide that would be, so in all these cases, as the Mishnah, you're going to be putter when you light the fire and it gets over the wall, and it gets over the Rishas Rabbim, or it gets over Derech Rabbim, I should say, or it gets over the art, you're going to be putter, you're not going to be responsible in that case. Says the Gemara we have a price, which talks about the wall, it says, over nor that if the wall is only four amas tall, you're still going to be chayev. The wall needs to be taller than four amas above, again, above the tree line. So, Amar of Papa, Tana didon mata. Our Mishnah is counting from a very tall wall. I'm telling you, if you make a ten amma wall, you're putter. If you make an eight amma wall, still putter. If you make a six amma wall, you're putter, etc. He's counting down. Lamata, he means, Sheish amas, putter. Chamesh amas, putter. Ad arba amas, Potter. When he gets to Arba Amas, then he goes ahead and he says that till Amas your Potter. And Rashi says he means Ad Ad Bichlal. So he means your Potter, as long as it's from four Amas and above, and four Amas included, you're also going to be Potter. Tanabra, the second Brisa that we brought, which said that if you make it four Amas, you're going to be Chayiv, that's Milmata Lamaila. He's talking about a short wall, and he's telling you. Uh, meaning, if you make a wall that's only two amas above the tree line, you're going to be chayef. Shloish amas, if you make it three above the tree line, still not enough, you're going to be chayef. Ad arba amas, and when he says ad arba amas, he means ad viloy ad bichlal. So if you make it 3.95, you're still going to be chayef. Once you hit four itself, everybody agrees. No machlaik is rashi, no machlaik is between the Bryce and the Mishnah. If it is exactly four amas, that's good enough. Four amas above the tree line is enough to make you putter. But if it's more, then it's taller, I mean, of course, you're, putter, you're going to be putter. If it's less, 3.999, you're going to be chayiv. And therefore, the Tanabra is saying, add from lower up till four amas, just below four amas, then you're going to be chayiv. But of course, everybody agrees, once it's four amas, you're going to be putter. Amarava, Dalit Amashamru, we talked about four Amas above the tree line, the Potter Afilubisde Koitsim. Even if the field is a field of thorns which is very easily lit. Now it's not clear hundred percent. Are we talking about the field where you lit the fire or the field on the other side of the wall that's easier to catch fire? It's different Rafshana we say it different ways. There is a diak from Rashi that we're talking about the target field. Meaning so whatever you lit on your side is not the point, says Rava. But Rava says, even if the target field where the fire is jumping to is very easily lit, 
a four amas wall would be good enough. But I'm Rav Papa, and here Rav Papa explains the point as I, as I explained it. And the point is that the wall has to be four amas taller than the tree line. So now Rav Papa is saying something a little bit different than we've said, which is, are we talking about four amas above where you lit the fire's tree line, or four amas above the target area's tree line? So it's Master of Papa, we're talking about also on the target area of tree. It's not enough that it blocks on your side. It has to be more than four amas. Even if the fire gets on top of the wall, and we'll see more details about this in a second, if it's four amas above the tree line on the other side, that would also, that would make you putter. Otherwise not, because maybe the fire can get across. So Rav. Rav continues on this point. Loi Shanu, that we said that you're putter, if you... Pashup Shad, it sounds like we're going back on the wall part. We'll see in a second. It's not 100% clear if we're going on the wall aspect of the Mishnah that you put there, or if we're going on the Derech Rabin when you have an empty space next to the fire. Some of Rav Loishanu, in those cases that we said you're putter, Ela Bikolachas. We're talking about the fire has two different nature of fires, two different kinds of fire. There's a fire that goes up, very tall fire. And there's a fire that sort of goes along the ground. Have you ever seen a forest fire? So normally the forest fires start on the ground. They, they catch on the ground and all the dead leaves and stuff on the ground. They spread very fast on the ground. And that's usually the danger of it. You have fires that could be, you know, on a house or chas or something like that. But the fire is very tall. Obviously trees catch fire in a forest fire too. But it spreads mostly from going low to the ground, not necessarily from going up. So it says, Rav, If it's a fire that's going up, of a benichfefes, if it's a fire that's very low to the ground, it could be because that's where the kindling is, could be because it's very windy, so it keeps it very low to the ground. You're going to be chayv. Even if it's a hundred amas, you're going to be chayv. Now, what is Rav going on? Is Rav going on a hundred amas tall wall? Or is Rav going on a hundred amas distance in terms of a derech rabim that's empty space next to it? So there's two pshatman Rashi. Look in Rashi. Avon nechfefes. Rashi is the first pshat is when it's nechfefes means that the wind is blowing it, it's keeping it low to the ground, but the point is it's deleges. The fire skips. You ever see like a big forest fire? The fire like jumps. You can actually see fires jumping over rivers, over things like that. The wind blows, you know, ju- I don't know clumps of fire or whatever you call it, and it lands on the other side. So then you'd have to be scared that it could jump over the wall even. Lashon Mari. Lashon Achrina says Rashi. Nechfef is ish nemucho heleches v'nisreches basavim. It gathers onto the kindling on the ground. Ubekasmit shal gavikarka. Hilkach afilo over derechish sarabim rachav ma'oid. You're going to be chayev. So it sounds like these two pshatim and Rashi are discussing this exact point that we mentioned, which is, is, is Rav talking about a wall or is Rav talking about an open area? And they, they could both be true. I don't know if they're necessarily mutually exclusive, but what is the nature of the fire that we're talking about? If the fire says Rav, so this is the first time we're, we're discussing here that the, the nature of your ability to protect against fire really depends on what type of fire it is, which could depend on what was lit, which could depend on how windy it is, etc. And therefore, you really have to be able to protect based on that. So if, yes, the mission said four amas above the tree line from the target side or from the source side is going to be good enough, says Rav, that really depends on the nature of the fire. If the fire is the type of fire that could jump over that, that's it's not going to be good enough. Or if we have a 16 amas space, but the fire could jump over that, it's not going to be enough either. And then you'd still be chayef. Shmuel says the same point, but he comes at it from the other side. Shmuel Amar Masnison B'Nichfefes. Our Mishnah, which talked about four amas above or 16 amas wide, etc., that's where a fire that can jump. Of a Bakelach, if the fire goes up, I feel kosher, you're going to be potter. 
He says the opposite. That which the mission is machmir, to require a four-armor wall or a 16 armor space, that's only because you have a fire that's moving and jumping. But if you have a fire that's just going up, then Shmuel says, as long as you have some little space, or some, it's not clear on the wall, but at least some little space between your fire and the next field, that's fine, because the fire is just going up. If the fire is going up, you have no reason to assume it's going to jump over anything at all, any distance at all. So, mikatsela katseh, on how Rav and Shmuel explain this a lot in the Mishnah. Tanik was the Rav, though we have a b'risa, which is much more like Rav's point. The Medvam Amur in the b'risa says that you need a 16 amas space, b'koylachas, if the fire goes up. Then, fine, if it's less than 16 hours, it still could get over it. But once it's 16 hours, the fire is an up fire, you're fine. When it's a fire that's going low to the ground and moving fast, the eights and Mitzuila on this wood there to burn. Afiluad may a meal. Chayv, even if it's a hundred meal. Now, clearly from this Tanya Kavose, Tosis points out, we see that we're talking about a distance, not a height. Meal is not a height distance. Meal is always going to be a length distance of something like when you're traveling. So therefore, if it says over here, may a meal, it's mashma more, and that Bryce at least, that what Rav is going on, not a wall, but on an empty distance next to you. And here the Brysa actually throws in two more points, which are also no to explaining our Mishnah. Here the Mishnah also says, if it passes over a river or a shlulit, we already know from modern Hebrew that shlulit is a puddle, but we'll see exactly what the Gemara is going to define it in a second. See, here's the first time we discuss and define what type of river or water body would protect the water. So it doesn't have to be 16 amas, as we said for a derech harabim. It could even be 8 amas, because it had water, either it has water now, or Tyson says it had water in the past, which makes it, I guess, moist, etc. And that would also prevent the fire from passing over it, even if it was only 8 amas wide. So therefore, we see in the Brisa, like Rav. Continuing on the details of the Mishnah, we said Derech Harabim. If there's a six, uh, I said 16 hours, I explained it already, but a Derech Harabim is an empty area that's very wide next to where you lit the fire. So Mantana, who is the Tana of that? So Amarava, that's Shita Shabi Lezri. That's only Shita Shabi Lezri. This time we're going to see the Mishnah right away on the top of Amarava. That the space next to where you light a fire, if you want to have a big enough space to be potter, is 16 hours. We'll see right away in the Mishnah, that's not so posh. It's actually Machloikis. So we actually have over here is what we call a Stam Ve'achakach Machloikis. So our Mishnah picks the Shita Shabi Lezri from the three Shitas we're about to see at Amarava. Now remember, we learn in Gemara, it sounds like it's two Mishnahs. If you look in a printed Mishnah, a Mishnahis, it's actually one big Mishnah. And the Mishnah is just telling you, this is the Stam Halacha, and then, oh, by the way, this is actually also Machlaikis, and we're just picking in the original Shittas or the Yasm. Now let's get to the next point where it has water in it, or Nahar, if it has water. So Rav Amar Nahar Mamish. Rav says, when we say a river, we mean a river, right? Simple. Shmuel Amar Arita de Deloy. Shmuel says doesn't necessarily mean a river. It means Arita Deloy, which we said is an irrigation ditch. We talked about that earlier. We said it was an Ama deep or six Tvach, and we had talked about that point over there by a bar. So Arita Deloy is that irrigation ditch. Okay? So therefore, irrigation ditch, where you take water out of etc. to water the fields, that's what it means when it means Nar. What is the Machlaikis? If it's a real river where there's constantly flowing water, then you don't necessarily have to have the water in it for it to protect from fire jumping over it. It's something that's wet, it's muddy, etc. That's enough to protect that the water shouldn't jump over it if it's eight amas wide. But according to Shmuel, said we're talking about an irrigation ditch. That's only if it actually has water in it. And if it doesn't have water, then it's not going to work. It's, it's mashma that a river, is, obviously, is going to be better. River has... Uh, river has uh, you know, water in it always, and therefore, 
everybody would agree that a river is good, Shmuel's being mechadish, that Amrita Delay is also good protection from the fire jumping over, but that would only be if it actually has water in it, not if it's already dried up. Tananosim, we have a similar mission, Hilkas Peya. By halacha, by Peya is that you have to leave over the corner of your fields for the Aniyim. So, if you have one giant field, you leave over one corner, whatever corner you want, whatever corner the, uh, you negotiate with the Aniyim, and that left over for Peya. What if you have a bunch of fields next to each other? What separates the fields halachically? Okay? So, the same idea of separating between fields is similar to our mission over here of separating between fields in terms of the fire jumping over. So, we use similar terminology. The mission says over there, the Elum in the Peah, the following natural type of boundaries would make it that you now have two separate fields, and you have two separate fields, you'd have to leave Peah separately from each one. They are a Nachal and a Shlulit, that same word that we used already, Shlulit, the Derech Hayochid, which is four Amas wide, the Derech but it's not so walked on, or Derech Harabim, which is more used, and it's six. So therefore, these are halachas and hochas peas. There's nothing to obviously with hochas halacha of fire, but we're just used, borrowing the terms, so therefore we're trying to learn out what this halacha is. Maishlulit, what is this a word that we used over there in the Mishnah in Peya? We also used it before in the Braisa by Rav Shlulit. That's where the word comes from. It's that the water gathers over there like we call a puddle. Okay, so the water, it's like a puddle. It rains, all the water flows down. If you ever go like, you know, into the mountains and you see after it rains, the water have these little nachalim uh, that form and the water flows down through the field that way. The word shalita over here doesn't mean a puddle. It actually means an irrigation ditch when you want to water far out in the field, so they used to have a ditch, you f- open up the, you open up the secher on top of the uh, flow of the water, wherever it is, you have a little dam, you open it up, the water flows in, it has these little arms and branches all over the fields, and that's what lets the water get out to the fields, and that's what a shtulit is referring to. So it's, it's, it's shalal, comes to of shalal, like shalal is when you, when you go to war and you, get, you capture stuff, it's because shalal is here when, you, when we're being mechalic, the water <coughs> to all the corners of the field, that's what's called a shulit. What's the machalikis? Again, hilchas peah. Manem ramakam shemegishamim shalim sham, that is where the rainwater goes, Koshken Amasamayim, so then that, that's even less used than an Amasamayim, and therefore if you say that rainwater is enough to separate between two fields, so then Amasamayim for sure. If you say which is more permanent, as opposed to a small little river, not even a river, just a, a derech, that water flows when it rains, that would not be mafsik for mikru. Those are just called little ditches or little parts of the field that are not actually considered something which separates from the f- one field to another field. And therefore, if you just had this little, uh, I don't know, it's like an indentation where the water flows through the field when it rains only, that would not be enough to separate. But this homach lakis over here seemingly is only in terms of hilchas peah. It's nothing to do with the halacha of fire. By fire, we're just bringing this over here to define what the word shlulit means. And similarly, that same word shlulit is what we said before. If you have a shlulit that's eight amas wide, that would also be like a nahar and separate between where you lit the fire to where the fire is going to go. So, so far we've seen that, it, A, it depends on the nature of the fire somewhat in terms of the, the width and the distance and the height. And we also see that it depends on the nature of the obstacle that's between it. Is it wet? Is it dry? Is it wide? Is it tall? 
Let's continue the Mishnah. <coughs> Again, assumingly, the previous Mishnah was talking about the same point as well. Well, you lit the fire by you, and then the question is, it's now going to travel, and it jumps over some obstacle. Did you make? Is there a big enough obstacle over there to make you putter? So, which is the same context as the previous Mishnah. He says that you have to have enough distance between where you lit the fire and the neighbor's field as if you're in the middle of a base core. Okay, so we discussed earlier that a base core is 30 saw. Okay, a saw is 50 by 50 amois. Okay, so if you have 30 saw, you're talking about something, just make it easier, six saw by five saw. So six saw by five saw, that would be the size of a base core. If you do the math, that is 75,000 square amis, okay? So if you take the square root of that, so you'll get, I think it's like 278 point something is the square root of 75,000. So a base core, if you had the, the amount of field that would be able to grow a core of crops would be about 278 point something amis wide by, like, so 278 by 278. Now you, sorry? 274. 274, sorry. Okay, someone has an Apple Watch. No. Oh, art school. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, uh, the art school, that counts too. I, I, I did it in the head, I forgot to write it down. Now, we're talking over here, says Rebbe Lezbeth that you're in the middle of it. So it's half of that. So it's half of 274, which I could then. Now it's 137. That's where he's right. It's 274. Half of that is 137 point whatever. So if you light a fire in the middle of your field, and the distance between where you lit the fire and the neighbor's field is less than 137 amas, then you're going to be responsible. If it's more than 137 amas, then it's not even Mashra, it's either Derech HaRab, like an open area. We just don't assume a fire is going to travel that much. Okay, now, as we'll see in a second, if Shimon argues on this whole concept, but the Lezer Rezari is saying, it's chazal, that when the Torah said, you're for a fire, and remember, it's a chiddish, you're by a fire, because it's wind-blown, you didn't do it, you can assume that if you left 137 amma distance between you light the fire to where the neighbor's field is, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Hold on. That is the first sheet. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, uh, skip the line. Rabbi Akiva, over here says 16 amas. And that was why we quoted in the previous Mishnah that if you have a distance of 16 amas, that's enough to assume the fire won't travel that far. Here it's not mashma anywhere in this Mishnah, and maybe explaining the previous Mishnah as well, that it's like an open area, as to say, where there's no kindling. This is just you're lighting it in your field. You don't have to assume the fire is going to travel that far. Now, we know in the nature of forest fires that Fires can travel as far as their fires travel. As long as they have kindling available, they're going to travel. We'll see that in a second. Rabbi Kiva says 50 amas. Now, both these last two shitas, 16 amas and 50 amas, don't say in the middle. Right? The first shita was the base core, and you're in the middle. So we took the 274, we divided it in half. Here it's Mashra that you need that full distance. 50 amma full distance, or 16 amma full distance. However, Rabbi Shimon comes and argues in the whole business. Rabbi Shimon, I marry Shalom, Yishalom, Hamavi, Yeresa, Hakol, Lefi, Hadleiko. So in the Havamina now, we think that what he's telling you is that you're Chayiv always. That's what it sounds like he's saying, that Jehaev always makes no difference at all. 237 Amas, 50 Amas, 16 Amas, makes no difference if Shimon says Jehaev in all situations. And it's not 100% clear. Does it mean Shimon also argue on the previous Mishnah? In the previous Mishnah talked about a wall, and it talked about a river. Is he arguing there as well? It's not 100% clear, but it does sound like he is. Let's wait to see what the Pshat of Shimon is, and then we can understand maybe a little more. Correct the Gemara right away. It sounds like a Shimon saying, the way we read the Mishnah, you're chayiv on a fire, always. 
No such thing as any obstacle that would prevent you from being chayv on your fire. Is that really true? But Tanan, we have a Mishnah, and in, in the halacha is in Bamotzi, it's in Babasra, in terms of halachas of what we call herkek hezek. When you're doing something dangerous in your house, so how far distance do you have to leave protection from your neighbor? This is halacha and iser v'heter. It's halacha and iser v'heter. Things you're usher to do if it's going to cause danger or something, uh, something, something that, that could cause a fire, etc., to your neighbors. The Mishnah says, In those days, uh, an oven was a very dangerous thing. So you can't have an oven in your house. You have to have at least four amas of space on top of it for the smoke to go out, for the fire to leave. So if the fire gets bigger, you have at least uh, some sort of buffer zone. Let's say you live on the second floor. So now you're not worried about the fire going up, you're worried about the fire melting down. So It has to be at least a three tvachim thick of cement, what we would call nowadays, or tar, below the oven so the fire doesn't go down. Okay, so these are the regalachas. Ubekira, if you're just using a small kira, which is like a stove top, small little fire, then underneath it you only need a tefak. Then the Mishnah says something strange. Vim hizik, hizik. This is the Isra Heter point. Isra Heter says that you have to leave this amount of space, right? We have all kinds of rules, what you're allowed to do in your house. This is one of the rules. You have to leave four amas on top, three amas, three tvachim below, etc. But Lamaisa, says the Tanakam, if it gets out, even if you've done it properly, if it gets out, you're going to be chayv. The Mepharshim explained because the Tanah is something you use all the time. It's shchiach to make, uh, to, to cause trouble and create fires. And therefore, even if you take the proper precautions, you're going to be chayv anyways. Whereas in the previous Mishnahis, those are something that's like shchiach. We're not going to be chayv you if you take the proper precautions. Fine. But our focus here for under our question is the next Tana, which is of Shimon. Same Mishnah, Shimon is our Mishnah. Shimon Oimer, Loi Nemru Shirin Alolu, Elishim Hizik, Potim Elishalim. Shimon argues on Tanakam and says, No. If Chazal said four amas above the oven, three tvachim below the oven, if you do that and the fire gets out, you're Potter. Because that's the whole nature of these Takanas Chazals. Follow the rules, and then you're not going to be Chayv as a Mazik. Now, so what do we see from here? We see, if Shimon does agree conceptually that you could protect yourself against the fire. Okay, so when Shimon said in our Mishnah, which we thought meant that Shimon is being mechaev from fires and there's no such thing as protection from fires, we see when it comes to an oven, Shimon clearly says you could have enough distance or enough space that you're not going to be chayev anymore. So we must have misunderstood what Shimon meant in our Mishnah. So Amar of Nachman, Amar Abavo, Hakolofi Gova Hadaleka. He didn't mean you chayv on every fire. He meant you have to take every individual fire and the kindling and the wind speed and all that into consideration when you determine what's enough buffer zone. So you can't say it's enough to be 16 amas difference or 137 amas space <coughs> or maybe 4 ama wall or 8 ama river. All that is, you can't just give a rule. The rule always depends on the nature of the fire that you lit and what's going on around it. If you lit a forest fire at the end of the summer, here in Israel, you know the fire can burn down the whole Carmel without even flinching. And says of Shimon, if that's the case, don't tell me I'm only chai for the first 50 Amis. No, you're going to be chai for the entire thing because that's the nature of the fire that you lit. And therefore, yes, in each case, Bezdin will have to determine, did you leave enough buffer zone? Did you have a proper wall? Did you have enough a river? Depending on what's going on here. So the first sheet that seemed to say, Chazal put halachic boundaries around a fire. And Shimon seems to say there's halachic boundary, but it has to be determined in the context of every individual fire. Which obviously makes a lot more logical sense because fire is... 
Tyre is what it is. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Yehuda, Amar and that's how we were paskin. We were paskin like a Shimon that depends on the nature of the individual fire that you lit. Okay, so that would be that machlekes and how much buffer you need. Now, finally, after sixty blot, we get to the halacha of Talmud. This is a halacha we've mentioned earlier in the Masechta a bunch of times. We learned out from Kama. We said a few, a few days ago. We learned out from Kama that Chachamim said if you have something that is hidden inside a fire, inside a inside a gadish, or inside uh, or covered even with a sheet, and you don't see it, then the person who lit the fire is exerzakosav. He's going to be potter. Okay. Now, just to make it clear, Talmud does not mean that you don't <laughs> see it. Talmud means hidden. Okay? Just because you don't see something because a tree is blocking it doesn't mean that it's Talmud. Or as we'll see in a second in the Mishnah, just because something is, let's say, in a building, that doesn't make it Talmud. Okay? You know that there's stuff in the building. Talmud means you have no reason to assume whatsoever that this thing is there at all. It's hidden on purpose, and there, or, or, or not necessarily on purpose for, per se, but in a way that you have no expectation that something's there, that's where you're going to be put. There. Says our Mishnah. Hamade is a Godish. Person lights a fire and it goes and it burns down someone else's godish, someone else's field. And inside that there, he had hidden his his kalim that he works in the field. He had a shovels and whatever it is, and they burned. Vidalku, Yehuda says, Mashamash Masaych. Yehuda says, Oh, you lit a fire. Whatever the fire burns makes no difference to me. As we've said earlier, Shimon does not hold of the halacha of Tamun in most cases. No. You only pay for the Gaddish. Anything which was hidden, any kalim, which were hidden inside the field, the person who lit the fire is not going to be chayav on them. What if you have an animal that was tied up <coughs> in the field? The evid samachloi, if you have an evid that was near the field but wasn't tied up, and they die, v'nisafi moish, you're going to be chayav. You're going to be chayev because the Eved should have escaped. It's not your problem. And therefore, you're not chayev for Ritzicha for the Eved. And you're going to be chayev for the Gedi that you lit and burnt. What's the Kiddush? It's nothing to do with our Mishnah. So Mepharshim says, it's teaching you that even though you don't see the Gedi, right? the Gedi is very short. If there's tall wheat, you're not going to see it. That's not called Tumma. As we explained, Tumma means not that it's hidden. Not that just it's blocked by and you can't see it. Evid Kafosa, if you have an Evid that was tied up, there's a mission we quoted a bunch of times already. The Gedi Samachloi, Venissa, if you might potter, because then it's Kimla Midrabune. Once you're Chayev for the death of the Evid, then Kimla Midrabune, you're going to be potter in any other monetary as you could do over there, even if it's a situation where Ashley says we, we ended up not being Chayev for the Evid because you didn't know the Evid was there, whatever it is. But Lamai said, any situation where theoretically you could be Chayev for the Evid, we said, you're always going to have Allah of Kimla Midrabune, and therefore, since you could have been Chayev, of Misa, you're not going to have to pay any money. Okay, that's a side point, nothing to do with our mission. In the first case, you're going to be chai for the animal. You're going to be for the animal. The Evid should have run away. Okay. We said the Evid should have escaped. Now, that's what Rosh explained the Gemara said earlier. Now back to Hilchas Tamar. If you light a house on fire, then you're going to be chayev for everything in the house, even things which are hidden in the house. You're going to be chayev. That's the normal way. That's not called hidden necessarily. We'll see in the Gemara the explanation over here of something in a house. A house has all kinds of things in it. You don't know. Yeah, some of them you don't see because they're in the house. Some of them you don't see because they are hidden. They're in a safe or something like that. It doesn't matter. Chum said that's not going to have the patur of Tomen. What's going on? The Gemara explains right away. I'm a Vakana. Machlaikis is Machlaikis in Yudan Chamim about Tomun is Bemadik Batech Shaloi. If you light a fire in your field, 
and it spreads and goes to your neighbor's field. everything that the fire burns. The Rabbanans say, no, we learned that from Kama, that you only chayef on things which you can see, not things which are hidden. But that's only when you lit the field in your field, you're allowed to light the fire. And then it's spread, you're responsible. If you go into your neighbor's field and light it on fire, then you're going to be chayef even on the Tomun thing. <coughs> now, if you remember earlier in the Masech that we discussed, the halacha of and the Gemara asked over there that if you hold that an Aisha is no different than an ox, it's just something you own that you lit and you burn, then why should you have a Petor Tamun? Right? There's no Petor Tamun when you damage something directly. And the Gemara said, we're talking about by the case of Chitza, I'm sorry. By the case of Chitza, when you, that it's the equivalent of shooting a gun, so there's no Petor of Tamun by shooting a gun. And the Gemara ended up saying, we're talking about a case of Kalu Loi Chitza. We're talking about a case where there was a wall. You lit the fire, you were protected, the wall fell down. So you're not chayv in that case of Aish, mitam, the shooting of the Aish, or the shooting of a bow or an arrow, uh, an arrow or a gun. You're chayv only mishum and And then the Chazal, then the, the, the Torah puts a special halacha, just we have a patur of, of Shem Varegel, Mishra Zarabim, we have a patur of Karen Chatzinezek, we have a patur by Aish, mishum by a case of Tomun. So that's the first point that the whole halacha of Tomun was only applicable. And a situation where you lit it behind the wall, and then it continued going afterwards. Fine. Now comes the Gemara and says another point. And that is, if you light your friend's field on fire directly, you can't have a Petur Talmud. You're a Mazik. Rashi, it's not 100% clear. It's Mashman Rashi. This is not even an Aish issue anymore. It's Mamish and Adama Mazik issue. Right? If you go ahead and smash something of your friends, you can't say, well, I didn't realize there was something underneath there. I'm Potter. No. There's no look of Tomun when you're an Odom Amazik. If you light your friend's field on fire directly, that's Ke'ilu, you're an Odom Amazik. And it makes no difference. Tomun or not Tomun. There's no Pator Tomun in that case. Other Mepharshim say, it's not an Odom Amazik Mashma, you're just a Pesheya. Since you were not allowed to light the fire, therefore you're considered a Pesheya and you're and everything that happens from the Pesheya. You can frame it in different ways, but, says the Rav Kahana, when you light your friend's field on fire, there is no Din Tomun whatsoever. Amalei Rav, or Rav says, wait a second, let's go back and read the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Yochi had the Tani Sefer. The Mishnah was telling you which cases there's a Machlaikis, and which cases there's Moida. It said in the end of our Mishnah, since at a house people hide things, you're going to be chayv. Now, well, what are we looking for here? We're looking in the mission for a case where even though Chum said, Tomunus Potter, we're going to find a case where Tomun's chayv. Now, according to Rav Kahana just said, I have a much simpler case. So, don't have to talk about a house. You can talk about a field. It depends. Did you light the field in your side and it spread? Or did you light the field of the friend on fire directly? That there is no patur tumen whatsoever when you light your friend's field on fire directly, then it should have said that case in the Mishnah for a case where the Chum say that you're by tumen. Why do you go to a case of a house? Must be, says Rabbi, there's another point in our Mishnah that we're missing. There's actually a dual machlaikis over here, where the two machlaikis and the love talk have anything to do with each other, but they're similar, which is, If I light a fire on my side, and it spreads to my friend's field, I'm not chayv in that case, 
from the word Kama, that I am potter legamri antomun, if I light it by me, and it spreads to my neighbor, I'm chayv as a fire, but not for anything that's hidden. Gzeres but, even in a case where I light my friend's field on fire directly, there still is a machlaikis over there. Oh, why? I lit it directly on fire. Why should I be public? You lit it on fire. Whatever you burn, you're chayev. If the thing, if I light my friend's field on fire, we said I'm chayev as an Adam Amazik or I'm chayev as a Bashaya, <coughs> that only says the Chalm, I'm chayev on things which I, as the person who's the Mazik, would expect to be in the field. So clay Marigan, which has your shovels and your hose and your whatever your Caleb you need to work in the field, normally people, when they work in a the field, they hide those things in the field. See, if I light the fire on my side and it spreads and it burns them, I'm potter anyways, that's Tumun. But if I light it directly on your side, which is no Petur Tumun from the Xerosakosov, but there's another Petur. And that is, I have no expectation that these things would be there. And it's even your fault for putting them there. Who told you to put them in such a dangerous, crazy place where fires happen all the time? And therefore, in that case, I'm going to be put there, not from the Xeris HaKosov of Tomun, but from a Svara of Tomun. The Svara says, in this case, I should not be responsible. I'm not going to be responsible to pay. If that's the case, so why is this only a din in Aish? This can be a din in anything. We don't see this halacha anywhere else except by Aish. So you have to understand that point. It's, it's a little bit schwer point. Why this? If it's a svara, why is it only applied by Eish? But the it could be because Eish is indirect, damage direct. Anyway, so therefore it's less expectations. We can come up with some sort of svara. But the we have two issues of tamun. We have the gzerusakosov p'tur of tamun, which is no matter what, if it's tamun, you're potter. But that's only if I light it in my my field and it spreads. If I light my friend's field on fire directly. Then you don't have the Xeris of Petur of Tamun, says the Chachamim, according to what Rav is explaining. But I have another Petur of Tamun, which says that if he puts something which doesn't belong there, if he Tamun something which belongs there, I'm responsible. But if he's Tamun something which does not belong there, his wallet, money, whatever, then I'm going to be Potter because it's not expected that that should be there. However, there's one catch. Tana Rabbanan. We start the catch. We won't go the whole sugi. We'll start the beginning. Hamadik Sagash Vibe Kalim Adolkus. You have this Petur Tamun. Beudah Mersham Kamashe Betechet. Beudah says no Petur. Chamemayim. Enim Shalem. Elagadash Achitin. Elagadash Osir. But, here's the Chiddush I want to finish with. Veroyin Makam Kalim. Kilumale Tavua. Wow. We just said you burn down the Tavua field, you pay for Tavua. If there's a giant car that he hid in the tour field, he covered it over, he has a car there, okay? So it burns the car down. You don't have to pay for the car. But the car took up space in the field that could have had Tfua in there if he wouldn't have had the car there. Says this Gemara, you have to pay him as if that space where the car was, was filled with Tfua. Even though there is no Tfua there. That's an amazing halacha. So basically, what the, what, the, what the Gemara is telling you is that the Petur of Tamad does not say you're totally putter. You're putter up to what you would have been chayef had there been tvua. Obviously, you're not paying for tvua because there is no tvua there. You're paying for the car that's burned, but you don't have to pay for the whole car that's burned. That's Petur Tamad. You're paying for what you would have thought would normally be here, so that much of the value of the car, you still have to pay. It's not 100% clear. Is this going on both cases? 
Both, we have two Ptur of Tamar. We have the Ptur of Tamar from the Xerxes Akasav when it's from another field. And we have the Ptur of Tamar of something that's unexpected to be in the field. It's not 100% clear yet in this Gemara, which we're definitely talking about the Ptur of Tamar. Are we also talking about the unexpected nature of Tamar? Seems we are. We'll see him at Hashem tomorrow. We'll talk about more Alokas over here and we'll go from there.